Our scripture reading this morning is from 2 Timothy 3, 14 through 17, and Matthew 14, 11 through 21. 2 Timothy 3. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believe, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have known sacred writings that are able to instruct you for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, so that the person of God may be proficient, equipped for every good work. Matthew 14, 1 through 20, 11 through 21. His head was brought on a platter and given to the girl who brought it to her mother. His disciples came and took the body and buried him. Then they went and told Jesus. Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them and cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, We have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds. And all ate and were filled. And they took up what was left over of the broken pieces, twelve baskets full. And those who ate were about five thousand men, besides women and children. The word of the Lord. I'm going to ask a favor. I'm going to ask you to take a leap of faith. I'm going to pray for us, and I want you to leave behind your preconceived ideas, any agendas that you attach to this scripture, any answer you think you've already come up with. Because so often we overlay our own agendas, our own staunch belief upon a reading of scripture. And what I believe is that every time we open scripture, it has a voice 
through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit to speak to us in a fresh way. That when we are open, it will hit us in our heart in an aha moment of opportunity to see from a different perspective, to see another possibility. And it's for the purpose of our daily lives that it is given. Let us go to God in prayer. Gracious and loving Lord, as we come to you this morning, we ask that you bless us, that as we are willing to lay it all down, to set it all aside, and make an intentional choice to open our minds, that the Holy Spirit would illuminate wisdom and discernment for our lives, that as we open our hearts, your words would dive deep and nourish the child within us, nourish the seeker within us, nourish the one who seeks to know you better in relationship. We take a leap of faith, we lay it down in trust, and we desire to hear you speak. For we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The letter of 2 Timothy, I want to read to you this section again. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching the faith, correcting error, and resetting the direction of one's life training us in good living. The scriptures are the comprehensive equipment of the person of God and fit them fully for their ability to work God's purpose. I want you to catch the fact this is personal. This is not about telling people what to do this is about tools for our toolbox so we can live. How long has it been since you have heard the word, read the word, spent time with God, and experienced something you never saw before? One of the most exciting elements for me as someone who considers herself a personal Christian, a chosen, it, my choice to be a Christian for over 50 years is that this never gets old. That every time I go to scripture, I hear something new. I see something. It's like, oh my God, I didn't know that. So as we move into a story of a miracle, I want you to face the challenge what are the layers that are being taught to me today? What is the idea that God wants me to capture today? What is going to feed my life today for the purpose of my faith? So often we relegate miracles to, oh, that day, oh, that time. Maybe it happened, maybe it didn't. Maybe it's about everybody sharing 
Maybe it wasn't about Jesus just manifesting all these fish and bread for people to eat. Maybe, 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 maybe. Maybe it was a miracle. Maybe it did manifest just as a result of open hearts and open minds, just like manna in the desert. The question I have for you is when was the last time you truly spent time with God in silence? Before Jesus even goes to a place of teaching and healing and sharing and performing a miracle, Jesus goes away. He doesn't just walk down the street or go to a different room. He actually gets in a boat and goes out beyond where everybody is to be quiet, to be still, and to deal with his grief. Prior to this miracle, he has just found out that his first cousin, his companion in ministry, the one who got the ball rolling in preparation for the Lord, has been beheaded because a ruler made a promise to a sweet young thing because she danced so well, she could ask for whatever she wanted. And she asked for John's head. What adult in their right mind whatever, say, oh, that's a good choice. Yeah, let me go do that for you. Think about the times in which this miracle is set. The crowds following Jesus recognize that he is a teacher, recognize that he's a rabbi, recognize that he sees them beyond the agenda of the temple. You know, if you remember correctly, the temple life was very regimented. It was all about law. It was all about class, which group you belonged to, got to do which thing, priest, Pharisee, Sadducee, common worker. And it was, it was a list that foretold exactly what you needed to do to get right with God. That if you do these things, if you tithe this way, if you create these offerings, if you do this annually, if you journey here, if you do this, if you don't do that, heaven forbid you would do this. And suddenly there is a new voice that is speaking not only out of the wilderness, but to the people. And it's a voice that is filled with knowledge and love, compassion and grace, and actually sees people for who they are. People hunger to be seen and known by God. Jesus became that instrument of God to touch humanity in a personal way, to connect humanity in a personal way, to shift from a structure of law to a power of presence in a personal way. People were hungry 
to know there was more. They were hungry to experience healing that God cared, that God feeds. We're continuing in this series of the vine and the branches. And what does that have to do with the feeding of the 5,000? Jesus feeds. Jesus is the channel. Jesus is the root. Jesus is the connectional piece of substance that actually energizes, nourishes, transforms, and creates the opportunity to grow. If God is the vine dresser, Jesus is the vine. God is the one that directs and helps, snips off, creates shape, and promotes growth for the purpose of bearing fruit. Now, I got to say, I like a good glass of wine. But do you know how much the vine keeper actually works in the vineyard? Snipping leaves so that they, the grapefruit receives more sun, trimming off extra bunches of grapes so that what is actually there comes to a fullness of fruit. It's about energy, it's about connection, it's about opportunity, and it's about purpose. When is the last time you actually found that hook of aha and oh my gosh and yes? News to me. This story of a miracle is not simply about the 5,000, it's about Jesus. What does it tell us about who he is? It tells us that he has to recharge, he has to be nourished, he has to be energized, given what he needs to become that instrument, that stalk, that trunk that energizes. He has to get it first. And when he does, what happens? Blow your mind. Whether you agree that the miracle is a miracle or the miracle is a story to explain is not the biggest part of the story. The biggest part of the story is that as connectional branches to the trunk of the vine, we become as powerful, as engaged, as energized as Jesus, that we are called to be that extension of grace, that extension of mercy, that purpose of peace, that opportunity to serve, that opportunity to nourish, that opportunity to give. And what does it take to do that? From this story, it shows us that it takes living without fear. his disciples come up and go, kind of late. Kind of people getting hungry, thirsty. We need to kind of like disperse them, have them go home, and we'll go figure out what we're going to do. 
Why do that? Feed them. Give them water. And they're like, uh, excuse me, we have no resource to do that. And Jesus is saying, come on, bring it down. We'll deal with it. No nonsense, no hesitation, no fear of failure. No fear. How often do we find ourselves self-limiting? How often do we find ourselves, oh, I, I can't do that. How often do we hear, you can't, you ought, you should. And it limits your hopes. It limits your potential. It limits your understanding. If we live with a strong connection, there is nothing that we can't be energized to do. There's nothing that through the grace of God we can't produce. There is nothing that through the power of God we can't become in the ways that our world so desperately need. Think about it. My son went and served in Iraq and Afghanistan. I could no more have, I mean, where did he get the courage? People feel called. People do beyond what seems imaginable because they feel that strong connection of call. Whether they fully understand it or not, they take the risk, they take the leap, and they trust in what that voice is telling them to do, calling them to be, empowering them to become. Life is way too short to miss the opportunities that we can have when we are connected. The power of that connection is reflected within the communities in which we live and serve and know. Family, friends, church. The question I have for you is that if you have not had an aha moment lately, what are you going to do about it? The choice is yours. One of the things I love about the Presbyterian Church in which I was born and raised is that a minister's job is not to tell you what to believe. A minister's job is to encourage you to believe to lead through example, to create and offer tools of opportunity, to rise in the name of grace to be your partner, to be your friend, and to challenge you on the way, and to hold you up when you fall down. Nothing in this world is perfect. All we are called to be is children of God. 
That's not about perfection. That's about trust. That's about faith. And that's about love. I love this story because it challenged me to see that I am only limited by my own fears. That there are miracles available for us to help every single day. They may not to be to the scale of feeding to the 5,000, but they are in relationship to how we choose to spend our time, who we spend our time with, how we conduct our business, how we are willing to offer what we present in the ways of love, vitality, peace, abundance, joy, for the purpose that we become the very image of Christ that our world so desperately hungers for. We become the hands of Christ in compassion. We become the heart of God in love. We become the thinkers, the fine minds empowered by the Holy Spirit to be active, activated, as connected to the trunk we become. And we, in turn, become an offering of the fruits of our lives that others may partake, others may see, and others may know. Life is way too short. Don't waste any more time by the things you think you can't do. I encourage you to find the strength and I challenge you to discover the opportunity and the possibilities as you spend time with God and set yourselves free to be the gift that you are, to be the gift that God gives any moment of any day in your life. Thanks be to God that we are not alone. Thanks be to God that Jesus is forever our companion. Thanks be to God that we have the power and presence of the Holy Spirit for the discernment of wisdom and the opportunity to choose. And thanks be to God that we are called to, people, to be a people who love and then we can let go of all the rest. Thanks be to God. Amen.